Welcome to the Mental Health Awareness Initiative. Today we have a lovely guest from Mumbai, Mrs. Balaka Basu. She is the founder of Interstitial Cystitis India and an author. Welcome to the show, ma'am. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Hina, ma'am, for inviting me to this show. It's a privilege to be here. Thanks for your time. Um, if you my pleasure, could... my pleasure. Yeah. If you could just explain to our listeners what is interstitial cystitis? Yes. Uh, interstitial cystitis is primarily a bladder issue. It is um, related to, um, you know, the symptoms are very similar to urinary tract infection. And that is the reason why uh, it often gets confused uh, with, uh, you know, uh, UTI. And uh, the problem is that most uh, patients, 80% uh, of uh, patients are female. And whenever they suffer some issues related to urine or uh, to their private parts, they go to their gynecologist. But the awareness about this disease among gynecologists is very low. So in most cases, what happens, patients are not treated uh, properly. They are misdiagnosed and for uh, it takes like for some it takes even like 10 years 12 years to get diagnosed with this disease it's a chronic disorder and the symptoms are urinary frequency urinary burning pain in the pelvic area and uh, bladder discomfort nocturia which is nighttime uh, frequent urination. So these are basically the common problems. Most patients are uh, female, as I said, but also male. Males are also equally affected, but um, it is more uh, predominant among uh, menopausal women. So this is more or less, in a nutshell, what the disease is all about. That is really very insightful because this is a very new thing know that I came across and I feel that everyone should know about it and I thank you for coming forward and accepting the invitation and talk about this yeah thank you I, I actually want to talk about it because by talking only we can uh, raise the awareness I'll just tell you one I'll just give you one trivia till 2011 it was believed that in India uh, nobody suffers from IC because uh, they believe that IC only affects Caucasian females and we are genetically in such a situation that we can never suffer from IC but now we know that IC affects Indians as much as it affects Caucasians so uh, the awareness among doctors are also very less about this disease there are many doctors apart from urologists most pediatricians or gynecologists or general uh, physicians, they are not aware about this disease, even till date. Okay, and like, I'm just curious to know as to how did you come across this and how did you found out this and, uh, you know, develop this uh, support group? Yes, I was myself suffering from this disease. So once I started suffering, what happened, I went to my gynecologist and uh, she was not able to diagnose. Then I went to another gynecologist. She was also not able to diagnose. So I was going from one gynecologist to another. 
and uh, finally i remember one gynecologist she told me that uh, because she was not able to diagnose me my reports were all uh, normal she just said that you know whatever you are suffering is actually in your head you don't really have any pain and that really hit me very hard because you know i'm a patient i'm suffering i'm in pain and i was sitting in front of my doctor and the doctor was not ready to believe me that really hurt and that is i think when i decided that i'm going to show everybody that this disease is as real as any other disease and i to be very honest i don't really blame the doctor also because what she said was uh, out of lack of awareness because she also didn't know about this disease so that is why she said it because she was not finding anything so this happens with the uh, most uh, patients those who suffer from um, ic this is a very common thing that doctors tell them that you do not really have a disease it's everything is in your head you're just imagining the pain that is really very uh, traumatic also in in some ways because you are actually you know going from one doctor to the other doctor trying to get yourself relieved of the pain and then there are no answers to it it yes. is painful yes and this is not only in india this is across the world this is the same scenario that um, doctors are not ready to believe because you know it's very difficult to diagnose this disease there is no diagnostic test to tell you that uh this disease exists because see if you are suffering from cancer you can do a biopsy and you will know that you have a cancer but with this we don't have any diagnostic tool so uh, even doctors they don't understand and then they start saying that the patients are imagining the pain it's more of a psychological thing it's not really a real disease so our uh, as patient advocates of ic our main job is to create this awareness to tell everybody this is a real disease nobody is imagining anything everybody is actually suffering and that is why they are going from one doctor to other doctor just to find some relief okay if there are no um, like there are no tools to detect this how does anyone come to the conclusion that they are suffering with ic yes this is uh, they do a process of elimination so they perform certain diagnostic test and like cystoscopy or um, um urino um uh, urine uh, culture and everything and uh, then they when they see that the, this person is not suffering from other diseases like bladder cancer or uh, tb or uh, some urinary infection or uh, overactive bladder disorder then they conclude that you are suffering from ic and they also look at the symptoms there are certain classic symptoms like bladder pain and um, you know pelvic floor pain these things and then they come to the conclusion that you have ic okay and once identified then what next to be done this is a chronic disorder so there is no cure for this disease but uh, they give you medicines uh, there are certain therapies that you can do like cystoscopy with hydrodistension or some um, bladder extension they do those things they give you medicine there is a particular medicine that they give called pentosan which is a molecule uh, that they give you 
so uh, that is how they treat you and there are some certain other things like diet is a very important uh, aspect of ic so you have to follow a ic diet which is a specific diet uh, you can do certain therapies physiotherapies pelvic floor therapies and for patients who have very severe pain they go for you know nerve blocking and um, and the last resort is bladder removal bladder surgery but uh, mostly you know with the diet and uh, pelvic floor therapy and medicine you can manage this disease to a certain extent so in your foundation in your group that you have created yes uh, how do people interact or join or want to know more about it then how do they do it yes uh, this is a group uh, created uh, by the patients uh, for the patients so it is a free platform so when we started it was just a whatsapp group where i was suffering and i thought that you know i thought that i am the only person in india who is suffering from this so i wanted to get in touch with another person who would actually understand my pain with whom i can share whatever i am going through so i started and then i found another person on uh, facebook i think and similarly i think four or five of us we got together and created a whatsapp group and today i think in our group we have close to 1000 people who are uh, members we don't charge any fees it's uh, basically uh, now we don't uh, give everybody access to whatsapp it's because we have those number restrictions so we cannot add everyone so we uh, interact with them through email or uh, through facebook um, group uh, that we have and the primary thing that we do in this group is to provide support to each other we help patients connect to doctors because you know as i said earlier that patients they go from one doctor to other because most doctors are also not aware about uh, the disease uh, the treatment protocol so we send them to those doctors who know about this disease and uh, basically we provide support and not only to patients but we also provide support to caregivers and uh, their family their husbands their children their parents whoever because uh, you know as i said that there is a stigma attached that this is in your brain so in many cases we also have to convince the family members that no the patient is actually suffering she's not faking it or not just pretending to be sick so that is majorly a part of this we uh, conduct workshops we conduct um, you know seminars webinars nowadays webinars earlier we used to do seminars so these are things that we do to create awareness among the general public and of course the patients and doctors this is really commendable and uh, a very Thank good you. initiative and the efforts yeah. of all the members in the group to be there for each other it's mm. really like hats off Tell me one thing. During this entire process hmm. of finding out, going hmm. from pillar to hmm. post to find hmm. answers about it, hmm. how did it uh, take you? Like you know, what was the toll on you mentally? Um, mentally, yes, it was a a big 
thing because uh, I literally went into you can call it a kind of depression. The first thing was that nobody was understanding my pain. Uh, thankfully, my family was very supportive. My husband, my father, uh, they were very supportive. But, you know, I was not um, getting enough support from the doctors because they were not ready to, uh, you know, listen to me or understand my pain. Then again, I was very lucky that I came across an amazing urologist who understood my problem and he actually treated me very well. But here, more than myself, I would like to talk about the patients that who come in my group because i think they had uh, some of them really had very traumatic experiences because in many cases the family is not ready to believe in my case i was lucky that my family was very supportive but uh, for many patients who come to my group and their family they don't support they don't understand uh, there are, uh, you know, I'll tell you, this is a, you know, there is a statistics that the suicide rate among IC patients and divorce rates among IC patients are very high. And um, because the thing is, you're suffering, you're in pain, nobody's understanding, you're not getting diagnosed, there is no cure, there is no medicine. At this, again, on top of it, your family is also not believing you. So that really takes a huge toll. Um, on the patients and um, I'll, I'll just uh, give you one anecdote i was i think i was in baroda i had gone for a workshop and there this man comes his wife is a patient he comes and he starts talking to me madam what to do how to uh, treat this and all that so i was just explaining him everything then lastly he asked me tell me one thing madam should i leave her because if this is not curable should I leave her? I cannot live with this uh, for the rest of my life. So you can understand the situation of a woman who is suffering. And at the top of it, she's also anxious that because of a disease, her husband might leave her. So this is, uh, I think, um, this chronic illnesses, they take a toll on your mental health a lot. And uh, even abroad, the situation is not any better. I initially I used to think that it's only in India that uh, yeah, even abroad the situation is not uh, any different. I always thought that it's only in India, but even there, it is same. Um, and in uh, internationally, I have met uh, patient advocates who be who are not patients themselves, but they became uh, advocates because they lost their loved ones somebody lost their daughter or mother or something and then they decided to take up the cause and raise awareness about this disease and as i'm talking to you today also uh, one international patient uh, she committed suicide so you can understand what is um how stressful this disease can get absolutely yeah. it's very important and you're doing a very good job because thank you, thank you. We need to support each other, understand that it is not in one's hand, yes. but what yes, is in yes. one's hand is to be there for each other. Uh, how did you overcome the emotional aspect? Of course, um, as a support group, like when you listen to so many people, and yes. you listen to the stories, like how do you gauge the emotional aspect? Um. 
I yes, my support group helped me. My family helped me. Then, uh, you know, working on this when I started researching, that also gave me a lot of insights into this disease. But um, I also had to go for uh, therapy. But that was not when I was suffering. But later on, I realized that actually it had taken some kind of toll on me. And uh, so, and for even in my group, uh, I always recommend because in India again. Um, not only chronic diseases, even mental health is still a taboo. People are very hesitant to go to uh, any therapist. But in my group, I always advise my patients to go to a therapist because in the group, we are all patients. We are supporting each other, but a professional can do something that we cannot do. So uh, most of my patients, they have now kind of realized the importance of therapy and many of them they go and um, for me I think uh, I, I think once I started working on this it actually helped me heal also mentally because you know I realized that I'm not alone there are people I can talk to there are people who would understand me and uh, then when I saw that people were you know some of them were even worse than me and I felt like I should help them come out of it so this whole thing was actually a big learning for me it was i think i grew as a person also while i started doing this i became more uh, mature i became more insightful i started uh, looking at people from a completely different perspective you know i also gave up uh, you know earlier maybe i i had this little bit of judgmental thing but now i always try to put myself on the shoes of that other person and try to understand what he or she is going through so yes it has it has really helped me this whole thing it has also helped me in my own healing okay tell me uh, when uh, you are talking about putting yourself in others shoes has this pandemic really affected ic patients uh, yes of course um, because uh, you would be knowing that we conducted a session last year mm -hmm. um, with you only where we you saw how um, i see patients are also suffering you know they are they are uh, getting anxiety attacks stress attacks and uh, last year during lockdown a major concern among the patients were how would we access our doctors because the clinics were closed doctors were doing online they were not getting medicine so there was a lot of stress and anxiety and um, i see is a disease that always gets flared up if the patient is uh, stressed or anxious so last year most of the patients they were going through flare ups um, uh, during um, when the uh, shutdown happened yes yes many of them we had to literally calm them because they were uh, they were very anxious and then you know staying home all the time not getting enough rest um, especially the female patients because we need to rest also but they were not getting rest because the kids were home, husbands were home, some of them, they live with their in-laws. So it was very difficult for most patients. And then those who go for uh, regular uh, therapies, physiotherapy or hydrodistension or whatever, they were not getting those treatments. So many of them were actually um, relapsing, you know. So it was bad for them. But with your support and being there for each other, I'm sure they have sailed through that testing. Yes. Initial, like, you know, it's like a blow 
they they uh, they um the many of them they were able to cope but you know then again there are patients who who are um, you know the threshold is different for every patient so some patients they can cope well others they can't uh, and in my groups there are also patients who have other ailments also not only i see they also suffer from fibromyalgia they suffer from uh, ibs or some of them they suffer from um, even bipolar disorder so those patients they had very difficult time the others were still okay but some of them they actually had to um, go through help basically that is uh, like painful yes but with each other's support again yes it would yes. be like you know holding yes. each other's hand virtually yes 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 and that was definitely yes and then last year we because the patients were getting very anxious so we started conducting you know online workshops where we were inviting doctors therapists uh, physiotherapists and they were doing sessions with the patients so that helped them that gave them the confidence that okay even virtually we have some help and um, they were able to talk they were able to discuss their problems so yes that part they helped but this time i don't know with the second wave i'm not sure how they are going to cope this time because this time seems really challenging very true and uh, we all will sail through this tell me uh, in since last year have you personally experienced anything yourself which was challenging uh, and if so how did you cope uh challenging in um like uh, in terms of work or anything you found challenging um to be honest um, one thing was initially last year uh, the thing that was challenging was you know uh, everybody being home it was challenging not in that way it was like you know physically it was very exhausting because the maids were maids were not there and everybody was home and lots of work the children started their online classes and um, we had to sit with them because they were not able to cope so that part was little bit i would say physically exhausting and of course little bit mentally exhausting but i think after that gradually uh, we settled down things became easier we we got a routine and uh, then i also think i utilized the time in a way that we started learning things you know online uh, we started doing courses uh, the kids started you know doing uh, pursuing their hobbies that uh, they had not got the time before so that part was of course okay but the thing that um, was uh challenging was this anxiety that is still there like we we are in uncertain times we don't know what is there tomorrow so i think that is something we all are facing and it's not only ic patients who are facing this but this is something this uncertain uncertainty this anxiety this what is going to happen tomorrow um and now to even the survival thing is becoming like a question because when you see so many people around you and uh, that really makes you very uncomfortable okay and uh, so if i have to sum up like uh, 
the group that you have created is there is a support group for each other who are going through and sailing through this IC problem. Yes. And uh, to console each other that, okay, you will be going through this pain. We understand that you are going through. So the mm. acceptance of one's pain is also a relief factor. Yes, yes. That is a big relief factor. The moment somebody says that, yes, I understand, I think that is a magical sentence for most patients who have heard their entire life that, you know, it's it's okay, it's nothing, you're just exaggerating, you're just thinking too much, you just, you're hypochondriac. So when you listen, you're used to listening to this, then suddenly if somebody says that, I understand, I can empathize with you, I think that makes a huge lot of difference. And I, I don't really, I, I would really say this very confidently that I have seen patients in my group, you know, they have, when they came to the group, they were really shattered and they had no confidence. And now I see those very patients, when new patients are coming to the group, they are the ones who are taking the initiative to counsel them. They are saying, you know, they have stepped up to the thing. So that really makes me very happy that, yes, these patients, when they came, they were all very hopeless about their lives. And now they are actually telling other patients that, you know, everything is going to be fine. We all know how, what you're going through. That's that's a huge, I think that is, personally, that's a very big achievement for me. I'm sure it is. And uh, after listening to you today, the listeners will realize that there is a group available online wherein you can heard and yes. there are people who went through the same thing and yes. they can empathize with the pain yes. that you are going through, which otherwise yes. is not actually even heard by yes. your loved ones. Yes, yes. And, and it's not only for IC, I think for any chronic patient, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is uh, something that we are ready to help. Like, uh, because most chronic patients, they listen to this, that, your pain or people you know they kind of their family also gets fed up if one person is even suffering from arthritis you know after a certain time even the family gets kind of it's okay they just start taking it for granted they don't put any special uh, attention to the pain but the patient is suffering the pain is not reducing for the patient right so it's it's uh, very important that you find someone who is at least empathetic towards you absolutely so I hope that now people can connect with your group, which provides okay. supports to the patient as well as to the caregivers. Yes. And in the meantime, while you are having all the inputs from the support group, one should channelize their energies. One should use the time they have. And uh, whatever concerns they have, they can come and share with you all without any hesitation or with the fear that you they'll be judged yes so absolutely that is great and uh, of course to all the listeners i'll share the link of the facebook support group that uh, mrs Velaka have and you all can connect with her as and when needed yes. before we leave one thing you would like to tell the listener um, I just would like to tell the listeners that we all are going through a difficult time, but we are together in this. We will help each other and we shouldn't lose hope. There is always 
something good that is waiting for us. So just keep your hopes high. Thank you. That is what I wanted to say. And thank you so much, Hina, ma'am Hina, for inviting me. It was really an honor to speak to you and your listeners. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Mrs. Balaka. And that was a very good information that we have just received from Mrs. Balaka about the awareness. And uh, the thing that is not even identified easily by the gynec or by the urologist. So now if you have any, um, any ailment in and around that thing, then you can contact her and be safe. Yes, yes, I'm always there to help. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you thank so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. With that note, we end the episode. Hope to see you tomorrow with another speaker on mental health awareness. Till then, be safe. Bye.